really saying is here, he is the source of all spiritual life. There is no spiritual heavenly life in a man, woman's soul, if they do not know the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Now, I want you to note the time at which the Lord Jesus spoke these words. We need to link up verse 12 with verse 2. It says in John 8, verse 2, Early in the morning he came into the temple, and all the people came unto him. Now, I don't know exactly what kind of windows were in the temple, but uh, it would have had windows, and the rising sun would have been shining in through the windows into the temple. And at that hour, you can see how the Lord was linking up with that new day light shining into the temple where they were meeting. And then he announces, I am the light of the world. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher, and we have a very interesting program today on Jesus, the light of the world. What a statement. I am the light of the world. When you think of what light does in this world and that Jesus is the light. He's the only light. Now, he's speaking there, of course, of spiritual light. He's the only one that can bring us to glory. He is the only one who can bring us to the Father. And that's our message today as we let the Bible speak from the pulpit of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. Now, we have an Easter text today, and it's 1 Corinthians 1.17, where the apostle said that uh, he came not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Now, the cross is made of none effect because very often it is the mark of explaining it and understanding it is totally missed. And it is the work of the preacher to take the Bible and those things that God has said in his word and preach them that men will understand the message. I pray that will be true today. Stay with us as we let the Bible speak. The mark of the new birth is that you turn from the darkness and you walk in the light, the fellowship of the Lord Jesus. You think of the power of light. My garage has no windows in it. If you go from the kitchen area into the garage and don't turn on a light, can't see a thing. Now, there's a bit of light that comes through the cracks of the door. But till your eyes adjust, you can't see a thing. It's dark, pitch dark. But the moment you put up the garage door, well, the light comes in, the darkness is gone. And that's what happens in the believer's life. When the light comes in, the darkness can't remain. The two cannot coexist. It's impossible for darkness to remain where the light comes in. And of course, that shines the beauty of the Lord in your life, the light shining in. Did you ever notice in a jewelry store, if you're walking down a mall and you'll see the jewelry store, the shoe store, it's kind of dim. 
go to a jewelry store and the, the light is just flooding in. And that's because they want those jewels, they want those rings and diamonds all to be shining in all their, their magnificence. It's the light that brings out the beauty in the stone, makes them attractive. What is it that makes you a Christian with a clear testimony for God? It's the light of the Lord in your life. If you're walking in darkness, in the dimness, confusion, the beauty's lost. But when you're living in the light of the Lord, then that light makes you to shine in a lost world. The Lord gives believers also desires for more light. That's how plants grow. They want more light. That's why they keep turning. They want to work toward the light. And for gardeners, the, the sunshine can never be too long. There can never be too much light. In fact, uh, in various situations, hydroponics and greenhouses, they'll, they'll have light 24-7 to, to give it more light. And the more light you give the plant, the more growth you have. It's the same in the Christian life. The truly born-again Christian whose the light has come into their souls, they want more light. They desire, they pray, they actually get on their knees and ask God, Lord, don't let me walk in darkness. Give me more light, which means more understanding, a greater grasp of the Bible, and a greater knowledge of the truth. And this now is the process of sanctification. I'm being changed by the power of the light, that I'm not walking in darkness anymore. Proverbs 4.18 says, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Hey, we're not, we're not done yet. The Lord is still changing us. And when we're glorified in heaven, we will be perfectly changed. Now, the next verse in that proverb says, The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. And as often the Proverbs contrast the two, the believer walks in the light, and the light shineth more and more unto the perfect day. But the unbeliever, the wicked, walk in darkness and stumble. If you're not a Christian today, you're stumbling in this world, tripping up on everything, and you do not have the assurance of the light of the Lord. Another great verse that we learned in Second Peter and it says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Good for Peter. I'll praise him for putting that right in there in that little epistle. Peter knew what it was to call Christians to enjoy light, spiritual light. And where do we get that light? He says, we have a more sure word of prophecy, the Word of God. And the more we are in the light, the more we love this Word, and the more light God gives upon the book as we read it. So the Lord is enlightening us, and He is revealing truth to us, but He's also conforming us into the image of His Son. Light has a conforming power. I want to give you a verse, uh, and I want you to turn to it because I know what it's like to sit in a service and you go home and say, what was that verse? What was that quote the preacher gave? And I can't even remember where it was. It was so right, but I can't remember it. Now go to 2 Corinthians 
chapter 3, verse 18. Verse 18. And I want you to write all over this text, sanctification. That, that's what this is about. Being changed into the beauty of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 18. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass. Now, the margin will read on that glass comment, a mirror. A looking glass is a mirror. And we all with open face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit's ministry is to give light. The, the Holy Spirit is never the author of darkness or confusion. He is the Spirit of truth. And he therefore leads us into the knowledge and the light of the Lord Jesus. And that is how he changes us. He changes us from being sinful wretches under the grip of lust and pleasure to give us the spirit of repentance to turn from that, but also, that's the negative part, turning away from sin, repenting, rejecting the darkness. But that's just to create a vacuum. There has to be the changing into the glory, into the light of the Lord Jesus himself. And just as you can tell in the garden which way faces north, you can tell a Christian who's walking in the light of the Lord. They're changed. They're really changed. There's a moral change. There's a character change. There's a change in their walk. And there's a change in their talk. Because that's sanctification. That's the power of the Lord to make us new creatures to walk in the light. In the olden days, I'm not sure when that was, before I was born, the olden days, people used to bleach things by leaving them in the sun. They would take out sometimes even sheets and blankets and things that needed to be uh, what we would call disinfected, but somehow freshened up, uh, it might have been said. And you just hang it in the sun and let the sun do its work. If you look on your rooftop, you'll probably have a lot of moss and green stuff on the north side where there's no problem on the south side or the, the, the part that faces south. Why? The sun does its work. It purifies. It's like a disinfectant. And when you have the living light of the Lord Jesus shining into your heart and soul, you're purified. It happens. It's true. It's real. And it's not about going to church and learning rules and regulations and signing off and signing on to things. It's a matter of just walking in the light and in the love of the Lord Jesus. What a wonderful thing. This is the Lord's mission in your soul. And if it's not happening, can you call yourself a Christian? Can you say you're really going to heaven? If you're enjoying sin more and more and not turning from it, or if you're not striving to live in fellowship with the Lord and enjoying fellowship with the Lord, that's the crossroads. And maybe you're at that crossroads today. Maybe you've got a decision to make. 
Maybe for too long you've been standing on the, on the circumference and saying, well, I'm just an observing kind of person. I want to see how this goes. But you've never personally come into the light and asked the Lord to be your Savior. Ask the Lord to take away your sin, the darkness, and to translate you from a child of darkness in the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. That has to happen to be saved. And if you have never come to that, I bid you come now. Come in this meeting. Believe today. The Lord will save you. Point number three. Every preacher has three points most of the time. So point number three, we're getting to the close here. The Lord's mission of light is to call a people to walk in the light. We're back to verse 12. Romans, uh, sorry, John chapter 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now notice how the Lord calls his people to follow him. We're to follow him. Believers on the Lord Jesus are followers of the Lord Jesus. And this is the Lord's church, a people who separate themselves from the darkness of the world to let the light shine into their hearts. And believers are to be known as children of light, children of the day. And we are called to let that light shine before the world. Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, the Lord Jesus says, let your light so shine before men. Don't put your uh, light under a bushel. Put it on the hilltop. Let it shine. Let your light shine. And so the Lord's mission of light is to call us to walk in that light and let it shine. And as the Son, the Lord Jesus, obeyed the Father and left the glory of heaven to come into this darkened world to let his light shine and bring truth and righteousness and one day fellowship with God. That's our mission. We're evangelists now. We're missionaries now. The Lord has brought light into our souls. Now we are to let that light shine before the world. And the more we enjoy that light and walk in that light, the better witnesses we will be. Others will take note that we have been with Jesus. Now, I read an allegory of the cave and the sun. You know what an allegory is? It's one of those kind of ongoing parallel stories. And I, I don't have all the information to go on, but the, the gist of it is this, that the... Uh, let me get this right now. The cave was invited to witness the light. The cave, of course, is down deep in the earth. It's dark. It's dreary down in there. And so the cave was invited to come and visit the light. And, of course, you can come out of the cave, out of that darkness, into the light. And then the sun invited... The sun was invited. Allegories are tricky things. The sun was invited to come into the cave to witness the darkness. And of course, the sun came in, but there was no darkness. Why? Because the, the light always dispels the darkness. It's like my garage door going up. As soon as the door goes up, the light comes in. There's no darkness. gone. This is the wonderful thing about the gospel that we preach. 
it has a powerful impact. And in homes where there's sin abounding, depravity and wretchedness and misery, the best thing that can happen in that home is for a Christian either to be newly converted or come and live in that home. It's the best thing that can ever happen. And I've said it over and over, over the years, the best thing that can ever happen for a sinner is to meet a living Christian. The light, the witness of the Lord is powerful. And we're called to let that light shine and let that light flood all around us. Every one of us are to dispel the darkness that is in this world and all around us. The worst thing that can happen to the people of God is to fall into darkness ourselves. The Lord said this, if the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is the darkness? That is someone who ends up with a false profession, emptiness, and shallowness, and they would become a false church. Now, my conclusion is this, four points to do, four to-dos, a little to-do list. A sermon is nothing if it doesn't have something to do in response to what we learn. Firstly, make the Lord's mission to be your mission. The Lord came into this world on a mission of light to dispel the darkness. Your life will really count if you dispel the darkness, the sin, the ignorance, the ungodliness that is around us. Secondly, be children of light. That's your testimony. That's what the Lord commands. We're to be children of light, not of the darkness. And so let your light shine before men. Thirdly, let this church fulfill its mandate of shining forth the light. This, this, this body of, of church ministry. Why has God put us here? Why do we come together to worship? Why do we preach the gospel? Our prayer ought to be, our burden ought to be, Lord, would you make this a ministry of light to souls that sit in darkness? You can help in this by bringing people in. There's those that you know that you can perhaps invite along and bring along to the meetings and pray that God will shine the light of the gospel into their hearts. We can do that. And then lastly, Live in the full enjoyment of the light of Christ, to know the power in your own life. We're not speaking here about mere duty. We're talking about privilege. We're talking about the joy of real fellowship with the Lord. The torch is being passed on to us. Christ has shone the light, and down through the ages, this gospel has come to us. We have the great opportunity today to let the light shine by being followers of the one who is the light of the world. May this word stir our hearts, revive us, give us a new sense of the urgency of what we're about, drive us to prayer, give us a, a missionary spirit. Let's pray for our families that they will, our children will walk in the light, not follow the darkness of this world. And if you're not saved today, if you're not a Christian, I, I bid you to follow the Lord. He will not walk, He will not lead you astray. He will lead you into more and more light as you follow Him. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus Since I found in Him a friend so strong and true 
I would tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no other friend could do. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. All my life was full of sin when Jesus found me. All my heart was full of misery and woe. Jesus placed his strong and loving arms about me and he led me in the way I ought to go. Every day he comes to me with new assurance more and more I understand his words of love But I'll never know just why he came to save me Till someday I see his blessed face above No one ever cared for me like Jesus, there's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and the darkness from me. Oh, how much he Thank you for joining with us here at Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and it is always a privilege to preach the gospel and to bring you the message of salvation. Now we're getting close to Easter. It's just over a week away, and I want to uh, just set before you another gospel text to do with the cross. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1.17, For Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. This text begs the question, why the gospel of the cross is so simple? One has said that it is simple enough that a little child may clearly understand it, and yet it is deep enough for a theologian to drown in it. The preaching of Christ's cross at Calvary is different from preaching ceremonies and rituals. Many people perish who have gone through religious rituals, but have had no understanding of Christ's death on the cross. The preaching of Christ's cross is not to be carried out by the wisdom of man's words, 
The cross defies a secular explanation. It defies human reason and human explanations. It takes God's revelation to understand the event when Jesus offered up himself so voluntarily and so submissively to the cruel hands of Jews and then Romans to be crucified. His silence stunned Pilate. His compliance to the will of God to suffer at the hands of men has been interpreted as weakness. The Romans despise weakness, and the Greeks sought to philosophize it away. But God has spoken, and Jesus himself has spoken on the matter of his own death. The Son of Man layeth it down of himself, he said. It was a voluntary offering to the Father. It was Jesus dying as a priest, and his own body was the sacrifice. His blood was the fruit of the suffering and the payment to God's holy justice. Jesus' death on a Roman gibbet was not a mere symbol or token of redemption. Rather, it was the real thing, where Jesus undertook to bear the sins of his people. The Bible reveals to us the meaning of Jesus' death. Isaiah clearly said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. By his stripes we are healed. It is not for us to add reasons and new layers of meaning to Jesus' death. It is for us to be amazed at the love of God toward us and believe in the sacrifice. We are to appropriate it by faith to our own hearts and let the love of God flow into our souls by gazing upon the sight of our Savior suffering in our place. Until it works that personal power of wonder and witness to your soul that it is God's way of cleansing, reconciling, justifying, and washing you, you miss God's reason for the cross. Don't you realize that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life? Let God's statements found in his own words settle the matter for you, lest, by mistake, the cross of Christ is of no effect in your soul then it may as well never have happened, and you live and die a perishing soul. For Christ sent me not to baptize, Paul said, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Therefore I take delight today in preaching to you the gospel, the good news that Christ died for our sins. He has finished all the suffering, all the bleeding, and all the dying necessary for your eternal salvation. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca 
CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music